Hello, and welcome back to Try Not To Die. I'm your DM, your deceased misadventurer, Noah Perito, and I'm not here with our two heroes. As you know, the last chapter was a bit long, so we split it in half to spread out the story. Now, let's not delay any further. It's time for the recap. Last time, our hero, Brigid, Keeper of the Allfire, recovered from the traumatic events of the last few days, escorting her allies to get some healing before taking the time to meditate, entering into her elven trance. In a beautifully vulnerable moment, she reflected on the chaos she had endured, the loss of Pyre, the magnitude of the threat at hand, eventually coming out of her visions to look upon her home one last time, taking it all in before everything changed. Hearing her mother's call, she joined her, Blue, Crystal, Jerry, and Smite to meet with the Zuhat Zendaria, hoping to convince them to come together against this threat. Inside the Elder Tree, the party made their case, Brigid taking the lead to explain what they had seen. Unfortunately, they found themselves faced with great opposition to their plan to protect refugees and evacuate those still at risk, particularly from a fellow wood elf named Theobroma. By the end of the debate, the council was split willing to allow current refugees to remain for now, but choosing to put themselves first when it came to the defense against these problems approaching their border. As they left the Elder Tree, feeling defeated, Smite took a moment to talk with Brigid. He acknowledged her anxiety and despair, but asserted that today was not a failure. They saved so many people, and they had warned her people of the great danger approaching. This was a victory. Her mother and friends joining them, Cardamon asserted that they need not give up entirely. Though the council didn't support their plan, there was no need to abandon preparations in case they changed their mind. Brigid could still journey south to seek a powerful magical item known as the Plainstone to help stabilize a gate if they decided to do the right thing. But Smite couldn't come with her. He needed to journey with and protect Moss in the capital so they could spread word of what was happening and begin to prepare for a potential evacuation. Plus, Zola had given him a call and needed his help on one last job something he couldn't say no to. He would see her off, but for now, they had to part. Hurt and trying to remain understanding, Brigid said goodnight to her allies, heading to the blazing shrine to do what she had avoided doing all day, resummoning Pyre. In this sacred space, Brigid tried again and again to summon the wildfire spirit, struggling to connect with this being she was supposedly tied to. Finally, she willed the creature back into existence, but, Pyre was different, burning, bright blue, angrily snarling as if she didn't even recognize her lifelong friend. Pyre then attacked Brigid ferociously, the druid only successfully calming her and reminding her of their connection by casting Flame Strike twice, burning them both in a torrent of flame and radiant energy. This passion brought a tenuous peace between the two of them, an understanding at last. And as the two left the temple, uneasy allies, they knew that there was still a lot to be done before they were ready for the path ahead. The next day, they all awoke and journeyed to the travel tree, both eager and a bit sad to begin their next adventures. Once there, Brigid and Smite shared a touching goodbye, the paladin of Mistra telling her to burn bright before he and Moss traveled back to the capital, leaving Brigid at a loss for words. After a bit of consoling from her mother, Cardamon and Brigid traveled south to the fungal forest to find a giant puffball mushroom, the home of her guide to the Plainstone. Babareshi, an elderly hexblood who, in between her several decade-long naps, watched over the fungal forest and its healthy decay. 
Though groggy and a bit forgetful, the Spores druid perked up at the idea of an adventure and the prospect of meeting someone powerful enough to pass her work onto, agreeing to travel with Brigid to Phaserot, an ancient ruined city. Cardamon heading back to work on the council, the two wild shaped into birds and set off towards the Sanguisaur Mountains and the stone beyond them. And that's where we are right now. As you fly up through the foliage to the open sky far above the canopy, from up here you can actually see truly how vast the jungle is. From beyond this fungi-covered region, you see the Verdant Veridantas trees shielding the forest floor far into the horizon. It's a beautiful view, one that never gets old. The vast life that spreads across this third of the continent, it's impressive to say the least. The biggest variation is south and west of you, the sapphire blue waters of the Saphir Sea where it meets the deep navy of the Great Tiranti Ocean and the gray-white peaks of the Sanguisort Mountains, named for the blood-like streams that trickle down from the snow at the top. Growing closer, they begin to dominate your view in more than one way, visually of course, but also mentally, like a strange gloom settling over you, heavy and sad. You try and shake this fog from your head, but you can't. It's blurring your vision. It makes you want to just give up, turn back, or maybe just take your wings and begin to fall. Both of you give me wisdom saving throws. Dirty 20. Oh, amazing. Um, but not really. 11. Brigid, you see Babarashi is kind of moving ahead of you and you feel yourself slowing down and... You begin to like look around. God, you're tired. God. Um, I'm able to telepathically speak to any creature as long as I share a language as mm -hmm. part of my heritage. Can I, uh, as I see Brigid maybe starting to droop a little bit, go, just an old trick of the landscape. Maybe think about some trees or like a babbling brook. Okay. I do that. You begin to visualize these more positive images, um, but you still feel yourself almost getting pulled down towards the mountains. And as you begin to kind of go over them, that pull feels stronger than ever. Bobby, you begin to see Brigid slowly making her way towards one of the nearest peaks. Can I cure wounds myself or? Give me an Is arcana? it a condition? It is a condition. Okay. I will give you an arcana check, but I also will do some healing. Uh, 13. 13. You would know that, like, there are some healing magics that would help. Lesser or greater restoration might do the job, um, but standard curing won't do the trick. It, at this point, what you feel coming onto yourself is almost, and mechanically, a level of exhaustion. So it's like, if you don't cure this quick, you will essentially have to land, or you will take a level. Yeah, I'm going to cast a second level lesser restoration on myself. Okay. You, as you begin to slowly get closer and closer to the peaks, you visualize a babbling brook, you visualize trees, and then you visualize a burning blue fire. And that begins to motivate you a little bit as well. Can we cast the magic? Um, not until you are a, like a very high level oh, druid. Sick. Yes. Um, so, Brigid, you come out of Wild Shape to do this, but you can use another Wild Shape as well. And I'll say that already a few hours of travel have passed here, so you would have to kind of reboot your Wild Shape anyways very, very soon. We're taking a little breather? Uh, so yeah, in order to, so you're saying in order to cast Lesser Restoration, I would have had to land because I'm flying. 
cast it on myself. You could, in theory, while you're flying, Falling. come out of wild shape, cast lesser restoration on yourself, and then re-wild shape into an eagle and catch yourself and soar back up. I guess that's what I do. If I that- <laughs> see Brigid doing that and think that she's doing a fun, cool trick, and I do it because it looks fun. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Both of you give me performance checks. <laughs> I try and hide Fear the fact that, like, I kind of almost just fucked up. <laughs> you good? Because, again, I'm trying to impress Baba Reishi <laughs> as much as possible. Um, what is this performance? Performance, yeah. Yeah, uh, six for the naked woman. Six for the 15. naked woman. Fifteen for the clothes. <laughs> um, you, honestly, it's not that you don't pull off the, like, loop-de-loop or, like, the kind of quick descent. It just but doesn't look very impressive. It just doesn't look as impressive. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a flabby human body just plummeting through the air. Cool one, Baba. Good job. But, Brigid, you actually make it kind of look like you meant to do that. Um, and it was very, very cool to watch a burning eagle suddenly change back into a beautiful elven woman who glows with this radiant healing light before <laughs> bursting back into eagle form and flying. Um, Babarishi, I imagine that in in your quick little trick is when you reboost your wild shape yeah. as well. So the two I of do you... like a free solo dive for a little bit, and then right before I hit the bottom, love. you love free solo. <laughs> you brought up free solo on this podcast so many times. <laughs> Can I tell you what? Straight up, I've never seen free solo. I'm just a fan of the reference. I'm just trying to be it. I think people who have seen Free Solo are really cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> like Bob Arishi. I'm really wow. into the idea of having seen Free Solo. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. You <laughs> Get in the comments. Um, the two of you catch your essentially your second wind as you begin to fly forward over these gray, white peaks. Um, I hear a lot about the general surrounding areas like I kind of live in my puffball mushroom and instead of actively going out and maintaining the forest like Brigid does I am kind of more of like a central hub that all like the information and knowledge flows into mm-hmm. would I know of anything to expect in the Sanguisar Mountains like what kind of like creepy crawlies inhabit it yeah, give me a nature check that would be for the specific like names oh. of things flora and fauna 18 18. One thing you know for sure is that no living creatures live within the Sanguisor Mountains. That even the spores that float through it fail to take up root in a lot of ways. It's possible, though it is so difficult that it rarely happens. And if it does, it does not, the fungus does not stay for long. So the biggest things you know is that what you could encounter in the mountains is the stuff that you could encounter on the other side, which is horrible, undead monstrosities. As we pass the point where, like, the spores and the mycelium stops existing, you see Baba Reishi grow noticeably more, like, uh, a little bit more down-spirited and calm and, like, not kind of as fun, frantic energy. Mm-hmm. So, Baba, what are we, what are exactly are we looking for? The plate stone, right? Is that what your mom said? I forget all the time. <laughs> I think so. 
I, uh, that is what your mom said, correct? I honestly was so. I think that Brigitte was just so excited to meet Baba Reishi that she completely forgot, like, what the fuck we were <laughs> Flying doing. Flying for nearly five hours before you go, hey, are we going the right way? Did <laughs> no, it, honestly, it feels so much because Brigitte's so used to, like, going out on, like, these little missions and stuff in the, in the jungle by herself. So it kind of feels like the same old vibe of, like, going out on a mission, but now she has a buddy and her buddy is, like, this badass old woman who she, like, wants to impress so much. So she's kind of just like, what? And I, I don't know. I guess I take a second and try and remember it. <laughs> um, yeah, you both know that you're looking for the Plain Stone, which is, again, in Phase Rot, this right. ruined city. Um, you Phase Rot is in, like, P-H-A-S-E? Yes, like phase through an object kind of thing. Okay. And you would both know that you probably will want to take a good short rest. Somewhere amongst the peaks will be fine, so long as you keep a good watch and, you know, hide yourself sufficiently. You shouldn't be troubled by anything. Mm -hmm. Um, It is mostly barren here. But once you rest, you know that it'll be probably one wild shape's distance away. So, like, five hours travel. You've been traveling total for this whole journey will be a 15-hour flight, essentially. Mm -hmm. We're looking for a terrible, cursed city in which this sort of crystalline stone shard lies. I've never been there. Me needs. I've actually never been out of the fungal forests. Oh. So it's my first road trip. <laughs> road trip. <laughs> I put my wing out and try and flap your wing. I spiral out and then have to catch myself up again. <laughs> we could probably stay somewhere maybe just outside the city limits far enough and then t- if you need to take a rest, I could watch over us. That sounds good. We can take turns if you want to rest too. Okay. How long do you usually sleep for? For four hours. How about you? At least 30, 40 years. (laughs) That makes sense. But I would get a little shut-eye, a little nap. That sounds cool. Okay. We could both, like, do some, like, a disco nap, right? Like a disco, a girl disco nap. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You are trying to impress someone who you genuinely do not know if you can impress or unimpress them. Like, it just seems like no matter what, no one could ever change her opinion, but also her opinion changes every three seconds. Honestly, I think that Brigitte, after, like, the catastrophe that has occurred over the last week of time, that she's just, like, trying to have fun in whatever way, <laughs> even if that means going on a road trip with an old woman who's so unaffected by her. Into yeah, the whatever. We'll find our way there. Let's figure it out. I could use a nap for sure. You're the nap sounds Are good, you hungry? Actually. Do you need anything? No, no. I'm good. I'll just eat whatever you cool. know, I find on the ground. Flying with you just seems like so familiar. It feels like we've flown together before recently. No, I've never done this. I, well, I, we might have, and I forgot. Have we? Like in have another life. Met? Like in another life. Because I introduced myself, and you could tell me if we've met. No, we've not met. I promise. I would tell you. Okay. Somewhere off in, in the world, uh, Frankie and Jacob are like, hey, you, talk, you talking to me? What's going on? Were you saying something about me? Um, the two of you <laughs> <laughs> soar through these thick clouds, foggy and dense, gray and black. <laughs> the landscape is now bone white and scarred. As you guys kind of pass by the major part of this mountain and begin to see the pale waste beyond, you see that it is... A horrid, barren landscape. 
Crags of jagged, cracked stone jut from the ground seemingly randomly, chaotic and absurd in a way that frustrates the mind. It stretches for what feels like forever, and you can't help but feel like turning back and giving up on this insane journey, but you force yourself forward, heading towards the dead desert ahead. Looking out, you suddenly realize that the jagged stone that litters the landscape is not stone, but bone. The shattered skeleton of some god or titan littering this strange, bleached, white dune. Looking closer, you see amongst the sands some movement. Figures occasionally peppering the landscape around you. Humanoid in shape, varying sizes, lumbering aimlessly. You realize quickly that these are not travelers like you, but undead creatures. Skeletons, zombies, whites and the like, wandering, searching. It's a vast, but not entirely empty landscape. And you now see, at this distance, as you begin to kind of coasting alongside these tall peaks, not yet kind of crossing over the desert, because you know that Vezra is along the mountainside, um, you now see larger, gigantic figures in the distance. It's hard to make them out. They're more like silhouettes, but you see beings that could easily be giants. You hear... Echoing in the distance and see what can only be described as some sort of draconic creature flying far, far away. Why don't you guys I don't give me think stealth we checks? Go that way. <laughs> oh, good. And is anyone? Are you doing any pass without trace at this point? You're saving that. I didn't know. You always you have you guys have had plenty of time, so I will definitely say that if one of you wanted to cast it at any point. Oh, like within, because I think it lasts an hour. Uh, you could definitely cast it. I'll say. I will use one of my uses of disguise self to just kind of, uh, like, put a little bit of like a shroud amongst myself. I like. Oh wait, are we flying? Technically, yeah. you're flying right oh. now. Yes. Then never mind everything I ever said. Okay. I I can cast pass out trace. I'll say that I mean because you guys did want to land and rest, so it makes sense that you guys are trying to like land amongst the peaks. So if you want to do what you did before and kind of do that cast landing, I'll definitely say you can do that. Cool. Um, and you can do that as well because uh, you know if you want to do disguise self okay. just to kind of give yourself a sort of. I'll appearance cast disguise at a myself that so I just kind of have like a thin gauzy shroud and my head is down and I'm kind of lumbering like uh, one of these people that we see. <laughs> one of the skeletons. One of us just walks away. Yeah. Um, so did anyone I, do pass? You did pass yes. without trace. What was your totals for stealth checks? You can add ten to whatever you rolled. It's a sixteen. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. The two of you together are stealthy enough as you transform out of your burning and slightly scraggly bird shapes landing amongst a sort of cliffside looking down towards the pale waste beyond uh, both of you give me history checks as you kind of look at this area have i been here before no not 20 <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, Brigid, what did you get? 16. 16. Both of you rolled high enough to know this, though I'll say that perhaps it is you who brings it up, Babareshi. I totally just remembered something. <laughs> though little is known about the maldiction and the horrors that occurred, it is said that this land is so cursed by the failures of necromancy brought on by Nulla, the Voidmaker, that living creatures cannot survive and the dead can never stay dead. And one thing that you also sort of recognize is that one of the theories about the Pale Waste is that the sand is not sand. 
And with a nat 20, I will say that it is bone. Most likely ground and worn to an extent that it looks just like sandy dunes of white. I know this immediately because I always use mold earth to try and catch my footsteps because Baba Rishi has bad knees. Uh, and the first time I take a step, you watch my knee kind of jolt and I twist my ankle a little bit and go, Oh, well, okay, we'll just keep trucking on then. You okay? Totally fine. I'm good. You're, you've got such young knees. Have you ever thought about living in a puffball mushroom? Um, not before I met you. We could talk. I would love to visit you more than my mom does. There's a position open. Oh, I, oh I'm, do I have to work or can we just be friends? <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> Um, you guys have, you guys can take a short or long rest, whatever you prefer. Um, you, Brigid, know that though the plan is that they might start like doing some test teleports, most likely it is not like you're on a time limit. Like, uh, if we take a rest now, then thousands will die. Like, that's not the case. You definitely can take a full rest if you want to, or you can take a short rest and then make your way to the city. All I really need to do, uh, is to take a short rest and if you'd like while you if you wanted to take a either a short or a long rest i could let your mother know that we are here she doesn't actually have to eat an apple i just thought it would be funny if she did that <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if she just like ate a raw apple it's so bad <laughs> cut to <laughs> the temple just want to check on how they're doing Oh, as soon awful. as that happens, you watch Baba Reishi reach up into her gums, yank out an old rotten tooth, and I use my uh, ability uh, that is an eerie token to send a telepathic message to Cardamom that says, just arrived! Yeah, I'll the Sword Mountains. If I, if I remember correctly, you have to give them the token as well. Oh, but I'll brutal. say that you gave them the token. All right. So <laughs> I, I, you see, I grin, and there's a, a hole in my gums. And then at that moment, Cardamom reaches in and feels like a lump in her back pocket. Oh, looks at this horrid rotten tooth. Did I have to bite the apple to make this happen? Um, you send that message. Um, she goes, heard you loud and clear. Good luck. And we you take a selfie. Take a little selfie <laughs> using the two. What is this? What is this? Where do I look? <laughs> is it going? I'm blinking. <laughs> to say that you're blinking when taking a photo. I'm blinking. <laughs> I'm blinking again. Okay, I so do I have to keep telling you? With my new friend, Baba. <laughs> Hashtag road trip. Hashtag road trip. I hold up a piece of <laughs> Hashtag girl boss. My nails are so long, they're curly cues, like, oh in on each other. God, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you guys take your short rest. I you... flash the camera because Baba's naked. <laughs> Hashtag spring break. All of this is happening. I'm saying literally because of the eerie token, I'm bending the rules slightly to say that you're holding a, a holding, holding another a one up, tooth. holding up like another rotten Get tooth. Get where the hole can see. <laughs> Your mother is somewhere, somewhere in the jungles, being like, I don't quite understand what's happening here. It keeps on vibrating. <laughs> um, so you guys know that your destination is based on where you are on the Sanguisor Mountains. You guys kind of flew directly south to start crossing them, curving a little bit west to start heading in the direction of where Baba Reishi knew Phase Rot to sort of be. So at this point, your destination is kind of west 
a little north of you um, along the Sanguisor Mountains base. Um, you should arrive essentially by nightfall slash like a little bit into night, um, especially with your rest. Though with the thick clouds here, it already feels dim enough to be evening. Both of you can give me survival checks to make sure that you do find it in time with your one wild shape or if you'll have to burn another. It's a dirty 20. Dirty 20. I really rolled poorly though. I got a 9. 25. 25. Your party average is above 20, which is a significant success. This means that you will arrive within but a few hours rather than the full length of your wild shape. Should we should we fly or should we go by land? Which is the best way, do you think? Let's keep flying. Okay. You can keep flying and stay near the mountains if you would like, because that is mostly out of range of what you would imagine the vast majority of things that you're dealing with. Let's just not, you know, catch the attention of whatever else we just saw flying up mm-hmm. here. I wild shape into the same type of bird that Baba is. Perfect. Two scraggly-looking eagles that are kind of deathly-looking in their kinda own like way. Kind of like mountain vultures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. Actually, I'm a vulture. Yeah, you guys kind of look, look like vultures. vultures. Oh, that's what I was trying for the first time, but I'm rusty. <laughs> you were so asleep for so long, you forgot what vultures are. I haven't cast in fucking a million years. You're doing so good for someone who hasn't cast in a million years. Oh, Thanks. my God. Once you're old enough, you kind of just stop doing spells and you start just kind of being a spell you just kind of find a spell and stick to it that is so beautiful (laughs) brigid thinks about that and she can't wait to be super old it's like how most people i my age just eat tuna for lunch every day Mm -hmm. you just get used to it you need if you do have to do what you love right do what you love eat a tuna sandwich every day oh my god oh my god brigid writes this down (laughs) i have really good advice Just, ah, it's good fly. advice. <laughs> um, the two of you take the time to fly alongside the mountains as the sky continues to get darker and darker and darker, following these horridly twisted mountains that, in, even though you guys are in pretty good spirits for the most part, occasionally just like glancing towards the landscape or the mountains that are to, to your right, so to speak, <sighs> gives you a little anxiety. Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, really bummer. I'm bummed out here. Yeah, <laughs> my little mushroom dudes. Eventually, in the distance, you see that there is something, a variation in the dunes and rock of the Sanguisaur structures equally as broken as the landscape around them, colossal runes, almost Gondor-like. So if you were heading directly towards them, to your left is the Pale Waste, to your right are the mountains rising up, and this city is kind of nestled amongst the base of them. Most of the buildings surrounding this gargantuan citadel are crumbled, residential at one time perhaps, but now broken down to unrecognizable sort of just piles, basically. They have all been destroyed in a variety of ways, as if parts had been just erased, like holes just pulled out of random places, buildings that had collapsed with seemingly no reason. You don't see any additional kind of what could have done this damage to this place, but it's clear something incredibly powerful happened here. The central citadel is ancient and gothic in appearance, flying buttresses and stunning pointed spires, but most of that has been eroded from its previous glory. An octagonal central structure with massive arches around it, uh, many of which you imagine like once contained stained glass windows. It stands above it all, its rooftop completely blown open, perhaps once a dome now collapsed both of it in and also around 
downward. Holy shit, what is that? <laughs> I think it's called a Duomo. It's a building? Wow. <laughs> Pulling out Duomo. I I've love it. I've never seen one. It's exciting to be so close to one. You've never seen a building? Oh my god, at first I was like, wow, Barbara's memory is so bad that she forgot where you guys were headed. But then it's also that you've just never seen a structure, which is so true. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm not a carpenter. <laughs> The only building profession. I'm Carpenter. not a carpenter, Carpenters dear. This is made of I've stone. I've had up shoulder like she's being really silly. Okay. <laughs> Just a feathered pass. This is made of stone, so it actually it would be a mason, not a carpenter. Oh, my God. Looking down from this angle, you see... <laughs> looking down from this angle, you see that the city is not empty. It is, in fact, very populated with a number of undead wandering the streets, shambling about. Baba, let's pretend to be vultures. Like vulture types, like really vulture. Extra vulture Like let's be extra vulture Like what we are right now? Yeah, but like let's... (laughs) Flesh! I'm not hungry, thank you though. Oh my god, the weirdest thing about all of this, despite, you know, it already is pretty weird to see a bunch of undead. Despite us, Despite you guys, the weirdest thing, despite the two of you, um, is that you occasionally see a yellow flash as one disappears and then reappears somewhere else. Oh no, I don't like that. It's not constant, but every once in a while you catch one blink out of existence and reappear in another location nearby. Scanning further, you see that there are corpses. Not just ancient bodies, but a number that seem much fresher. Beasts of all kinds roaming about. Things, some, some as small as rats to things that look much bigger. A rotting mammoth corpse? You look down. It looks like one of the fey mammoths that roams through the forest. You can't help but look and see that it, it looks fresher than possible based on where you are. How big is it? Uh, mammoth size, so it's pretty big. Um, too big. Too <laughs> well, pretty big, pretty big. I cast guidance on Baba Reishi. <laughs> you cannot cast in flying <laughs> form. A reminder: you will fall from the sky. Fuck. <laughs> um, but this is actually like you're watching this massive kind of mammoth pff, pff, lumber through one of these streets, and you suddenly see a larger flash as this yellow portal opens up above one of the streets and you see this giant spider kind of one of the ones you would have seen in the jungles just appears and falls from the ground begins to kind of like skitter and get itself up and you know looks around it's beginning to panic and suddenly you see that one of the undead just looks towards it and another and another and then they slowly begin to lumber towards it as it begins to kind of skitter up one of the buildings trying to get away it keeps moving and as it goes you see more and more others kind of undead appearing and getting closer as if they're like misty stepping towards this Uh, but before it could get any further there is a larger flash of yellow light and you see a burst of shadowy black smoke as this monstrous skeleton 15 or so feet tall with long rotten arms covered in pale flaking away beige skin that practically stretches over it ending with claws that are easily three feet long shadows swirl around its rotten body almost like black robes and as it appears above this poor spider these arms shoot forward its claws piercing it into the stone killing it instantaneously it then rips it apart showering it and the nearby undead with viscera before (laughs) disappearing once again and then both of you give me perception checks 
I'm getting the heebie-jeebies. Uh, I think Brigitte's very sick. This is who you saw. Oh, no. Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's from the Bronx. <laughs> 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 I think I saw that guy in the Bronx. I think that's the episode title. <laughs> I absolutely can't. I delete everything from this episode, and we just need to have block. <laughs> um, um, what, what is this? We're check? doing perception checks. Fourteen. From Eighteen. Eighteen. Babarisha, you might be a little distracted just watching this carnage unfold. You're not like afraid of death necessarily, but it is a little unnerving to see a creature get. Teleported in and then all of a sudden torn apart. Babarashi appreciates the slow decay of matter and not necessarily the vile extinguishing of life. Yeah. Ah, yes. Super violent. Um, and Brigid, you, as you see Babarashi like looking down at this, you see that secondary flash that indicates the teleportation come from the inside of the massive citadel. Just like that top area where the dome is, you see through one of the archways, there's like a flash of yellow light. And you imagine that that is where this creature teleported back to. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Yes. So the mammoth, was that an undead mammoth? It was indeed. You just kind of noticed it wandering there and were like, whoa, that looks... I mean, if you didn't know better, you would have thought it was alive. But you saw, like, deep wounds on it. You saw that it had, like, an unnatural way of moving. And you also saw that all of the undead around it just pay no mind to it. The equivalent of seeing, like, if they live somewhere where elephants roam through the streets. Um, is the flashing and then appearing of things reminiscent at all to when we were in the Underdark and things would appear like beef patties? Is it like... Is it like, is it reminiscent of that at all, or does it look like a teleportation spell or something? It it strikes you more as a teleportation spell, but give me an Arcana check because you have pointed to something interesting here, and I'll say, um, Barbara, you can do the same if you want. Sure. <clears throat> oh, so oh. good. That really worked for me. Yeah. That's why there's two. Of them. And that one. And that one. Oh, I got a three. Okay. Um, I'll say that it reminds you of that moment in the Underdark um, where those things were appearing, but this is clearly like specifically teleportation magic. You're watching, you even like, as you're thinking this, you look and you see one of the skeletons that's wandering just poop, appears just 30 feet further than where it was walking. As if it's like, as if space is warbly here. Right. Try and do something. Yes, definitely. As I'm flying, can I just like uh, brush my wing and like knock some like sand maybe not sand but like something that is broken down to like more of like a pebble size like into them to see if they react to like a like a pebble being thrown into them if you would like to get closer because at this point i'll say that you guys are flying probably about if the citadel stretches several hundred feet above the entire city, like if you leapt off the citadel, it would be the equivalent of leaping off a skyscraper. I'm saying you guys are probably out 120, 150 feet above that, kind of circling this area. I'm going to shit down there and see there if they do go. anything. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Unload, Baba. You've been in there for 30 fucking years. You definitely still got some in the tank. Unload, Mama. I I want to make you roll a check here, but I'm really not sure. I guess. right? 
see if it's 120 feet, if it just disintegrates to nothing, yeah. or if it's healthy enough to, you know, make splash, as it were. Yeah, give me a con check. I Make a splash, as it were. <laughs> My cheeks hardened hearing talking, that sentence. Uh, I was just talking about how there's no, const- <laughs> no constitution-based uh, skill checks, and yeah. it should be the one. It definitely, like, a uh, uh, body-related thing should definitely be, like, all con-based. 13 minus 1. 12. 13. You know, you let a lot out in that first dump when you were leaving the jungles. I'll say that you definitely shit like a bird. Um, And for just the sake of it, because I know that this is more of a measure of what's actually registering for these creatures. um, You watch as, like, it takes a little while, the same, the equivalent of spitting off a rooftop and just waiting and waiting. Hold on, circle back. Maybe we circle back once. Waiting a little more. So it's like 30 meters down. And then you see it nearby what looks to be a white, this kind of more probably sturdier looking zombie and you see it like stops looks around and then keeps wandering do you think these people are guarding or prisoners I think neither. I think they're just existing. They live this like existence of like when anything alive comes, they eat it and then they continue mulling around. It's a terrible existence just waiting in limbo. Unless of course you're asleep and then it's really nice. And restful. Yeah, until someone comes knocking, am I right? We should <laughs> never judge anyone's lifestyle. Maybe this is just how they are, uh, as horrifying as it may be. Well, it's probably inside of that, you know, great structure over there you just so helpfully described as a duomo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I think maybe it, let's try and find a place to land safely and I'm going to cast locate object. Uh-huh. Okay. Tell me where you would like to land. Would you like to land in the streets, kind of amongst the ruined various structures or are you trying to get as close to the citadel as possible i'll tell you that there is a small like a a sizable wall circling the central citadel so it's the equivalent of like you could fly over that and try and land in or you can land out right like right outside or you can make a gradual approach have some kind of thing looking into the sky you know just Mm -hmm. us having seen dragons or maybe some kind of creature like that yes and if it's opened then they probably can look up and see us. So I don't want to fly like into directly it. in. I think um, right outside. I also I have gaseous form, so if we needed to, you know, pop through a wall or something fun. Lovely. <laughs> oh, do, I don't still have pass without trace on me, do I? Um, no, that only lasts an hour. So um, I'll say that. I mean, I, you I think cast we took it, a rest too. Like, yeah, I, that was a while ago. Okay. Yeah. So is there? So locate object is uh, as long as I am a thousand feet from it. So if we assume it's going to be in the Duomo, the Citadel, <laughs> the Citadel, um, the Duomo Dell, is there like a broken down house or building that we can like fly into and then come out of wild shape? Oh yeah, this city's like full of that. Um, you you look down and kind of scoping about, look for one of these ruined buildings. Again, this is like the equivalent of us in modern day walking to like an Egyptian dig site. You know, there's 
These structures are very worn, but some of them have stood the test of time. So you guys begin to make your descent, kind of circling around wide, trying to avoid any of like the various specters that are looking out. Um, both of you give me a stealth check as you go to land near the citadel. Oh my god. 22. 10. 10. And you rolled a 22? Is yes. this a group check? Yes, it, it was a group check. Um, so your average is 16. You slowly but surely make your way down towards one of these various rune structures outside the wall that surrounds the Duomadel? <laughs> Love that. Doug Duomadel, <laughs> the owner of the Dinsdale. <laughs> Doug Duomadel. You do see, as you land, um, you look and you see a worn statue of uh, an old mustachioed man with a hat that that could have maybe extended for 20 feet had it not been cut in half for some reason. A cursed figure. Indeed, its eyes follow you as you land. <laughs> You touch down on the soft sand and stone, surprised by the irregular texture of this pale, gravelly sand. The air is cold, but also not. It's kind of feverish in a way. It's like when you've been outside wearing a big, heavy coat, freezing, and then coming back inside and immediately being too overheated while also some, somehow still cold. Um, it's miserable here, Papa. Let's get in and get out. The air is weirdly heavy, and it's honestly worse now that you're getting closer to the ground, as if, like, whatever was giving up these, like, thick clouds is just a little bit more settled down here. And it's relatively quiet, though as you listen, you can occasionally hear the shifting of sand and uh, almost bursting sound as undead sort of teleport here and there throughout the city. You land kind of coming through one of the open windows of this very, very, like, smaller rune structure. Find yourself in what was probably an old home at some time. Pretty much everything here is worn beyond recognition. There's piles of sand that have been blown in. But as of right now, it looks like you're safe. So this city was like a city of normal people before the malediction? Correct. It seems like what you would know for sure and what Baba Reishi had told you is that this city was a probably large point of civilization in the south before whatever happened happened and it it wasn't like the maldiction because again as we've said the maldiction was an era rather than a single event this perhaps was one of the major events of the maldiction Baba Reishi is someone who is super familiar with the cycle of death do I get the feeling like there is like necromantic magic happening here or does it seem like they are like in their own creatures that are this way or do I have any way of telling do any of you have detect magic detect magic will concretely establish what magic is kind of ambiently here I but don't, but no you don't have to cast it Ashley I will say if you want I to give me an arcana check it. I, you know, honestly, just um, detect magic might be one of those spells that certain classes do have access to, but druids don't for some reason. Yeah, but yeah. you'd think, I have to why spell would magic, they? But not but not, yeah. So um, both of you just give me Arcana checks or history if that happens to be better. Both plus zero. Arcana's a fifteen. Fifteen. Four. Four. Babarishi, you actually had already kind of talked about this when you brought up Phase Rot in the first place. The entire land is certainly cursed from the failed machinations of Nulla the Voidmaker, who is perhaps, if, if there was a, a big bad 
for the whole world that everyone could point to, Nula would be that character. So you would probably guess that there is some sort of necromancy going on here. There are tales of beings and historical figures so powerful, so evil that they could cast spells like curses upon entire lands and peoples. So this... maybe something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this place is a bummer, but you said it right. How do we get inside? And would you like to cast Locate Object? Indeed. Indeed. You close your eyes, and when you open them, you get a sort of bing, kind of ping in the direction. You turn your eyes towards the sound and follow them, even though you're kind of looking through a stone wall at this point because you're inside of like a small building. You look and you... No, based on line of sight, based on distance, that is certainly in the Citadel. Specifically, probably exactly where that creature teleported to. Mm, so up in like a tower, in a turret. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Literally in the broken dome of the Duomo. Like okay. in that big central structure. Maybe we make it to the wall. Mm -hmm. Then I will gash his form, mm -hmm. you know, through a crack in the wall surrounding the citadel, and then mm -hmm. maybe see if I can't make it through that very first wall. See if I end up in a room or something. Because then I'm going to cast Long Strider myself to get there quicker, and I might also cast Pash Without Trace on both of us. A great idea proposed by me. <laughs> Good job, Baba. <laughs> <laughs> you made excellent additions to it. It's always good to have a young person around to bounce my old ideas off of. It seems like you'll be a great boss. <laughs> so one of you, you're going to cast Longstrider on yourself, mm -hmm. and then you're going to cast Pass Without Trace on both of you. How about, yes, Longstrider, and I will go right on your back. I love that. Like Yoda. <laughs> I climb on. I'm really small. Yeah, you really are so <laughs> That sounds light. good. I'm like 4'11", and then all curled up, but you just feel like the warm skin of my sternum pressing against your neck. Like. And your boobs go on either side of my body. <laughs> and I'm wrapping my arms so tight around you and my legs. You feel I love my this. bony pelvis. I love that. <laughs> I think to myself, this is life. Go fast. So you you cast these spells on yourself. Your feet kind of blur for a moment as you cast Longstrider and you begin to quickly move. You leave this building going back outside where you see, again, you're kind of walking out into a back alley, so to speak, kind of crumb, like stepping over debris and kind of avoiding some skeletons that you see like disappear nearby. You begin to quickly albeit stealthily, move through these various kind of rune structures towards the wall. Give me another stealth check. And you can add 10 to this because of your pass without trace. I simply love to add spell. 19 to stealth. <laughs> it's truly the most broken <laughs> fucking spell. I love it. Oh my god. It's a 19. With 19? A, with a plus 10. Oof. What is your stealth? What do you add to stealth? Two. You only add two to stealth? I actually only add one, two. It's not one of my plus nines. I forgot it's dex, not wisdom. Um, but I got a uh, 25. Both of you are very, very quiet as the two of you sneak through this I didn't this know city. what you were going to say just then. Both of you explode. <laughs> you kind of humming yourself with this as you zoom, 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 kind of zip through the buildings. From an aerial view of the city, there's just like the little blur of uh, reddish and muddled brown as you guys are zipping through the streets. And you approach the citadel, this vast gothic structure with You're long You're not going to give me the, the, uh, the uh, what's it called, the pleasure of hearing you count 
how my long strider was beneficial. <laughs> Your sp- here's the thing: you it- guys go really, really long strides. <laughs> you stride hella long. Had you truth. not used your long strider, it would have doubled the amount of time it would have taken you to get to the citadel, and I would have had you roll encounter checks. Per there you go. Thank you for saying that, making me feel like it was. <laughs> it lasts for an hour, so. It's still on when you arrive at the Citadel because you're essentially traveling, you know, two, three city blocks, basically. Just um, but as you approach, you do see. Wow, this usually takes me like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, Baba. Um, You approach this grand wall and do indeed see that part of it has collapsed inward, um, seemingly like something blew into it. And on the top of the parapets kind of walking along are indeed a few more whites and skeletons kind of just slowly shambling, looking around, but with your high stealth checks, they see nothing as you slip by them and begin to enter into the ward of this castle. The ward is an open, normally, an open grassy area where there might be gardens and various fountains and stuff. Here it is barren and scorched. There is nothing but stone and a few sandy piles of what you imagine would be bone. There are occasionally people wandering, spectral figures, skeletal figures, shambling. Your high stealth again, hiding you for now as you kind of slip through this open area along the walls, passing back into a hallway and now are in the actual citadel proper. Nothing's alive here, Brigid. I don't like it. I'm with you. You guys move through these hallways, kind of evading any gaze that you hear, occasionally having to stop as you hear, like, soft, trodden footsteps in the distance, moving forward through this barren, barren structure, passing by, um, like, these open... Again, there's no glass because it's been centuries upon centuries, but you pass by what you imagine must have been beautiful windows looking out onto the city itself in its vast spread into the sands, and the ward where you now see some like petrified trees that must have been long dead. As we go through, I want you to roll a d20, one of you. Um, this will determine how many, if any, encounters you find on your way. A d20? A d20. Want me to do it? I rolled too much on this goddamn show. <laughs> we hate rolling here. I like to roll. What? What did you roll? <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Try not to die. What did you roll? A six. A six. Oh, good. One, two, three, and four. Pick one of these to go. Three. Okay. Three is gone. You're going to do one, <laughs> two, and four. Shocker. Threw up the shocker. You guys are doing... Um, <laughs> Quit thinking, Brigid. Three shockers show up inside the Citadel. I, you know, I walked into it. Got him. I got myself there. I, I went one, two, three, four on my fingers, and they said take down number three. I didn't even think about doing it from a different angle. It's all on me. All right, so... <laughs> You, shocking. <laughs> shocking indeed. Um, you enter into these dry stone corridors, passing by empty window panes that either look out over these rooms or the haunted city below. At the top of another set of stairs, you see that the hallway ahead is partially collapsed. One of the higher buttresses has kind of fallen in the stone walls. Um, and so basically, the hallway ahead of you is partially blocked. 
you see that the hallway continues on beyond it, but there's only a small space to kind of crawl underneath it if you want to continue on this path. Do we think we maybe want to stick together or? Yeah, I think we should. Okay, I'm going to use one of my um, disguise selves again, uh, and I'm going to turn into a kind of more shambling, deathly, pale-looking version of myself. Okay. If I tell you to play dead, just trust me, okay? I will. All right. Um, Great. <laughs> so, are you guys, you're going to continue forward. You want to try and crawl through this small space um, underneath this pillar to continue on to the other side of the hallway. Who is going first? I guess I'll go first because I'm really small. And Just give me a push if I get stuck. <laughs> Sounds good. Give me another stealth check, and you still get that plus 10. 30. Got 20. I got a 19, and I add uh, plus 11. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You slowly but surely get down. It's actually it's quite a process for you to get it's down. Really on your knees. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. I, I take you off of my back, like... My blood pressure. (laughs) So until you're on like all fours and you slowly kind of, you still, you do honestly look like a zombie at this point. And you slowly begin to crawl underneath the pillar. Moving very, very, very gradually. You slowly make your way under and start to see the light on the other side. And as you kind of come up, you do indeed see like standing there looking out the window is what looks to be another white this undead creature just like staring there blankly not looking at you uh, and with your high 30 stealth check it has not at all picked up any noise from you as you kind of exit out onto the other side Brigid you don't see any like there's no movement nothing collapses you probably get the sense that Babareshi has made it to the other side can I do something when I get there and I see him? 100% I will try to cast blindness, deafness on him and make him blind and deaf. Uh, <laughs> you do pick. I have one. to pick one. Oh. That's what I'm trying to think. Is he might have like true sight or something? So who knows? But I will deafen him. All right. He has to do a Constitution saving throw, uh, DC 17. That is a natural four. Um, so he's already, he's just looking out onto the city, just like gazing. Honestly, you're not even sure if it's really active and to what degree, but you cast this spell. I deafen people by putting in my own earplugs. If he, I can't hear him, he can't hear me. And as you do, you see like almost like little fungal um, little plugs like grow in his ears and he is deaf, This this white, does not hear you and i will tell you right now that that was the correct choice to make Ooh. if you had done blindness naturally this creature would be like i can't see i can no so longer I cannot see, see anymore. because <laughs> <laughs> you're deaf it's just like you're i mean this creature barely hears anything anyways it's just looking to, out to we can come through very carefully okay i'll be very quiet all right Brad, give me another stealth check 16 that's with your plus 10 26 Woo! 
always remember that plus 10. I will, t I will tell you the DC was 15 to keep this thing from collapsing. So you did pass regardless. But you slowly but surely make your way down and crawl underneath this debris, kind of making your way through this makeshift tunnel until you get to the other side where you makeshift see... Tunnel. Makeshift tunnel. Makeshift tunnel. Makeshift tunnel. Um, <laughs> and you see Babareshi there <laughs> plugging her ears and you see this white just looking out kind of little two little uh cremony mushrooms growing from its ears i've got a date just kidding <laughs> a little old-timing humor is this your you meant this guy's your date yeah it's a joke because he's got white hair so we could be in a similar age range i like <gasps> to date older men and he's got the mushrooms in his ears like you i know i did that Oh, well, I actually don't even have to whisper. We're fine. He can't oh, hear us. Okay. <laughs> Wait, there could oh, be I guess someone else goes. Never mind. Okay. Spring break. Um, what does it look like as far as directions we could go? Are we in an enclosed room? You are now that you're at the other side of this hallway. Mm -hmm. This white was kind of looking out a window that was near the corner of this. The hallway bends left, and as you kind of get closer to it, you see. It continues on, essentially, you imagine going almost the length of the structure, but about halfway down, you see a set of stairs that go back upwards. So this is the equivalent of you guys have come in through the front and in your travels have are kind of spiraling up this structure, so to speak. Right, so we're tr keep, tr keep going up as the... Yes, you and I'll say, even though you dropped locate object to put on pass without trace you still know exactly it's like this thing's right above you basically do you remember where the thing is because i don't <laughs> do um, you remember what the thing this is way. <laughs> where <laughs> what was its name again <laughs> oh goodness i do remember we're looking for secret stone. <laughs> i remember <laughs> Brigid was not looking at Babarishi <laughs> when she gave that cue. Um, navigating the hallways and stairwells, you come across a near-empty chamber. Some piles of white sand within here, cracked floor, and a single open archway on the opposite side. You hear the sound of air being displaced and feet hitting the ground somewhere nearby, though you're not sure where. What do you do? I'm a little worried about these cracks, Brigid. I'm not very steady on my feet. Hmm. Are we worried about the cracks or the thing potentially in here? Oh, I'm trying to think of like how we could. Oh yeah, no, I'm things. worried about the thing too. <laughs> Just thinking, I like to make sure that the place is handicap accessible before I worry about who's gonna be there. That makes sense. Unfortunately, you do not. the The service elevator is out in the Citadel. I'll tell you that right now. You passed I by and it's out of order. <laughs> This is against the EDA. <laughs> and worse, you see that out of order sign is definitely older than when the city collapsed. It's not like it went out of order after the city. They clearly just hadn't fixed it. So, and we've got Oof. I've got Longstrider on me still, right? Yeah, I'll say that it, um, you're within the hour that I'm it's putting still Baba passed. back on my back. Okay, do we think we're going to fall through? Um, we could, but uh, I think we should try and legolis it. Where he like leaps off like as the stones fall kind of thing. You're leaping. Definitely do that. My movement is like increased by ten feet, so I feel like that could be really helpful. Oh wow! What if uh, here I will do this too, and I'll cast jump on you so that your jump is tripled on top of that. Hell yeah! Oh shit! We could go really fast. Really fast and really high. You, I would say that with 
the jump speed and with your added movement, you definitely could clear this room in one, like, either leap or dash, whatever Hop you prefer. Brigid. Let's do it. As you're kind of getting ready, you begin to cast this spell. Do I um, see anything, like, above me, like a rafter or... No, this is an enclosed space, single stone room, stone chamber. Okay. You do see what looks like some, like, broken old sconces, like... Not like the crystal sconces you've seen commonly, but like old style, like metal sconces that are like long worn and bent in the walls, but no other real distinguished characteristics as you begin to cast these spells, hearing the sound of footsteps growing behind you. You, now hearing that it's behind you, run and leap forward. Um, Give me a... It's not really sleight of hand. It's more like sleight of foot, but we don't have that skill. So give me an acrobatics check. That sounds like sleight of foot to me. Sleight of foot is what I will now call acrobatics <laughs> check. Give me a sleight of foot check if you don't mind. Do I still have guidance? No. Can I cast on her since I can't trip? You are holding onto her back, so yes. You've got this. <laughs> I squeeze. <laughs> squeeze. Uh, that is a nine. Total? Yes. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Right? Your acrobatics? Yep, plus Which, a d4. Yep, so that was a five. Plus the D four. Plus two. From the D four. Seven. No. Yep. Five plus two is seven plus three. So ten. You begin to rush forward, and the moment your foot hits one of those cracks, you're and the ground breaks from beneath you. You I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw, Uh, and I will say that you can roll with advantage because of both long strider and jump. It makes sense that you'd be able to leap out from this scenario if you're fast enough. This sounds really good. Am I participating or I'm just mercy to Brigid's check? You are mercy to the Brigid check unless you want to do something. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I should add to this. Oh my god, so funny. A 13 and a 14. 16. 16. You manage to, the moment you feel the ground break beneath you, you're, you there's like a, a flurry of air and motion as like a grasshopper. You spring forward, arms like out spiraling as you guys land in the doorway and the ground behind you collapses inward, revealing a large chamber beneath you that is perhaps some sort of like bedroom quarters or something. It is long worn and destroyed, but you don't take the time to look back as the moment you guys land on the other side, you hear and turn around and see on the other side of this now chasm, there is a like skeletal creature just standing there looking at you. Do you work here? Yes. Can you tell us where to find the manager? It just looks straight upwards towards the citadel. Thank you so much. Have a really nice day. And it just like leaps forward, <laughs> arms out, and as it leaps into the gap, it disappears. I think he made a call to upper management. Yeah, it looks like he got promoted. You guys continue your travels through this ancient castle, slowly winding your way up, occasionally getting a little misplaced. Um, By the end of this travel, I will say that any of your spells, aside from jump, which was cast most recently, will end. So you'll have to recast Pass Without Trace going into the end here. Jump only lasts a minute. Oh, then yes, jump is also done. It's not concentration. Breaking my heart. (laughs) Um, 
you guys finally make your way up a large set of stone stairs that you undoubtedly feel leads to the final top structure of the citadel. You're passing through massive halls. Again, this is, I mean, akin to like Balderheim, where you have these large like dwarven halls, or when they're in the mines of Moria in Lord of the Rings, like these vast open areas that are ancient and some parts crumbling, others held strong through time. You finally make it up this large set of stone stairs and find yourself before a long arched hallway, probably about 60 feet tall, um, stretching easily 90 feet before you, um, before a large, another, <clears throat> before a not, before another large archway that leads into what you imagine is the domed central structure. It is a little farther out of your view, and at this point, night has ensured assuredly settled so you cannot fully see what is going on 90 feet in front of you at the end of this hallway you do see a faint flicker of yellow from within how do you want to proceed brigid i fear that they know we are coming why because of that narc yeah that dude the narc skeleton? skeleton guy yeah i was wondering if that like he yelled and i did that alarm anyone we've been walking for a long time so I, my thought was that he didn't alarm anyone but maybe we can do a perception check to figure that out yeah <laughs> a strange thing to say <laughs> maybe they are just very patient and would rather we find them in their most powerful position rather maybe. than you know divide their numbers to come find us that is what I would do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I could either cast a fog cloud and we could go inside, or I could do gaseous form on one of us now, and then Ooh. one of us could go in and just kind of, you know, maybe get a moment of surprise on them, and then yes. the other one could come in screaming like a banshee. Yes. Okay. So before you, again, is this dark, long hallway. Very, very large, very tall. Are you guys, I imagine you're approaching stealthily. Um, is there anything you want to do as you go forward? I'm going to... Are you open to me casting it on you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, as Brigid starts to step forward into the long hallway, I go, I'm a bit slow in the dark, but your time has come to make a bold move. I trust and will follow whatever decision you make. You're going to make a great mushroom mommy when you take my job over. What? After this. <laughs> is that Okay. Is that my... I touch her and turn her into a, into a uh, gaseous mist form. I start thinking about the life processes and I'm like, wow, that's like an obvious next step. Why did I never know about this? As you turn into a gaseous form, you actually some of your wildfire energy kind of carries with it as you kind of billow smokily into the air. If you want to get out of it, you know, just do do it spin in the air and I'll drop the spell. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Um, and you're... I'll follow behind. All right. Both of you make stealth checks. So you have advantage on dex checks. So you have advantage on your stealth check. Oh, amazing. All right. 18. 18. I get an 11. Okay. You leading the way, Brigid, begin to float down this ominous hallway. And as you begin to slowly but surely kind of float forward, Babarisha, you follow anxiously looking around unsure of truly where you are it's so so dark in here aside from that single point of yellow light at the end of this hallway as you grow closer 
the air around you begins to feel weird, begins to feel unstable. You feel almost like at times you are disassociating, like you're being pulled elsewhere or kind of almost like knocked out of your body in a way as you kind of like drift in and out, moving your way forward. I'm um, pretty used to feeling that way, but Baba Reishi, not someone who uh, is used to actively holding concentration on a spell for another person is able to like really focus. And mm. that just becomes like her whole essence. She's like, fly, Brigid, fly. Slowly, slowly, uh, basically like eyes closed moving forward. <laughs> um, Do I have to ask to be taken out of Gash's form? I'll say that because you guys are a team, if you were like, I'm I'm getting out of Gash's form, you can dismiss Great. it on yourself. Thank you. you float through this large open archway. No doors here now, not after how much time has passed. And inside this magnificent, though ruined central structure, you see what was once a large chamber. The top probably at one time a dome, as we have said, now obviously destroyed, as I described, with some of the debris, stone kind of and perhaps glass at some point raining down in here. Looking at the walls, you see that there must have once been like Sistine Chapel-esque art inscribed here, or perhaps some sort of glyphs. It's, it's hard to tell. It's worn beyond recognition, being exposed to the elements. In the center of this room, you see a black monolith. There is a fist-sized hole that goes through the center of it, and suspended there, in the middle, kind of slowly floating and flickering in place, is a yellow stone, crystal-like though polished, smooth, and spherical, with a single flickering crack. Space seems to warp slightly around it, kind of bending in and in the natural way that confuses the eye, and it's almost, it's almost like an optical illusion, or as if there's like mirrors kind of bending the space. It looks like things are kind of getting pulled towards or... It's, it's difficult to tell, but space feels weird here, Brigid, as you slowly flow into here. And then above you is the open, cloudy sky. It's, it's practically black. You can't see anything. Does the monolith seem like a portal? No, the monolith looks... Give me an insight check. With advantage? No. You sure? Just regular Wait. style, yeah. <laughs> Natural... 20. And you Natural asked for style, advantage. Baby. Natural <laughs> style, baby. Um, you would guess that this was some sort of device perhaps crafted by these people to hold and stabilize this stone in place. In a lot of ways, like you plan to use this stone to stabilize a portal with transfer via plants, it looks like perhaps this stone was being used almost as like a planar anchor, a way to kind of create portals perhaps and this device that it is in this black monolith is holding it in place kind of keeping it in stasis do i get the feeling with a nat 20 that if i removed it it would something fucked up would happen you would gather with a nat 20 that you want to approach and handle this with care you're not really sure if it's like me grabbing it will be a problem if we remove it will it be a problem you're not like you gather that the risk of there being a problem is high here, though you're not sure what would be the trigger. And as you kind of scan the space in this in this cloudy form, uh, Babarishi slowly but surely kind of approaching from behind, you see the ground. There are like concentric circles and like old glyphs kind of carved in there. Difficult to make out, but I'll say with a 20 insight, I'll let that double as an arcana check. This was clearly some sort of like summoning chamber. Mm -hmm. Um, or at least it was repurposed that way if it wasn't that initially. Mm -hmm. 
is the ground here also is there like the same kind of bone sand like drifting into the windows or is it totally stone in here it is totally stone in here um there doesn't seem to be i mean it's There's possible no but anything. yeah there doesn't seem to be any remains um as you enter babareshi you kind of look into this space and you see that there are Indeed, like piles of rubble here from like the collapsing in of this dome, piles big enough to like, you know, that you could perhaps like crouch behind or something. But in general, it looks like it was high enough that there's not like sand blowing in. And what happened here was like very strange in its nature. It wasn't just simply an explosion outward or a collapsing inward. It was like both at once and also a bunch of other things. Something unnatural happened here. Earth either grows or crumbles, but generally both. not both at the same time. I talk, does that, do I come out of gaseous form? <laughs> um, are you coming Shit. out of gaseous form? I'm just form? speaking no, out no, loud no. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Brigitte, you're in here, right? The Earth's bone, I feel its bones. <laughs> As you, wow, what a well-timed fart. You begin to kind of approach this stone. Barishi, I'll say that you're, unless you want to go in and explore the space, you're kind of at the doorway. Um, you're welcome to kind of roam through if you'd like. But Brigid, you were the one who entered furthest in at this point. I wonder if, like, we should try tossing, like, a rock or something into one of these circles to see if, like, something happens. I think that's an excellent idea. Um, if there's a hunk of stone or something that's fallen off, um, mm-hmm. I will press myself against the wall and kind of toss it a little bit near the obelisk. I always love to just kind of throw something in and see what reacts. See what happens. Great litmus this is a pattern. test. Yeah. Um, you leaning against <laughs> the wall. Especially when you wall. don't have detect magic. <laughs> No one thought to to give detect magic to druids. Um, You pick up a stone and you don't have to throw it hard to do it, just like an underhand toss. And as you Uh, throw it towards. I only toss underhand. Okay, good. Yeah, you. you, Uh, Ray, she's never thrown anything (laughs) overhand in her life. You, as you always do, throw this rock underhanded towards it. Tossies. As it gets within the 15 feet of that circle, you see it vanish and come out the other side. Mm hmm. It's a portal. I can I do a perception check to see if there's anyone else in this room. Yeah, give me a perception check. Sixteen. Sixteen. You still in your gaseous form? Mm-hmm. Kind of do a little spin around. You're this... spinning. Do you want to come out? <laughs> You're shaking your head. No. <laughs> it seems empty. There doesn't seem to be any movement. Just like you guys, piles of stone, and then of course the the warbling that is around this crystal. Okay, I have, I, I, I think I want to do something. Yes. I would like to come out of Gash's form. Okay. I drop it. Um, and I would <sighs> and Oh, you're smoke. still here. <laughs> I forgot I had someone with me. I want to cast. <laughs> I was just talking out loud to themselves. <laughs> oh, I would like to cast uh, a fourth level aura of life on myself and Babareshi, who is within 30 feet of me. Life-preserving energy radiates from you in an aura with 30-foot radius. This is the same aura of life I did as we were going through the tree in the Mm -hmm. Underdark. Uh, Until the spell ends, the aura moves with you, centered on you. Every non-hostile creature in the aura, including you, has resistance to necrotic damage, and its hit point maximum cannot be reduced. In addition, a non-hostile living creature regains one hit point when it starts its turn in the aura with zero hit points. Okay, so I want to buff us. Okay. And then I want to. <laughs> I feel 
like a spring chicken. <laughs> and then I want to cast Dispel Magic. Okay. Before you do anything more, I just want to check. Is Aura concentration? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to keep that in my own mind. Yes. If you'd like, I could cast Dispel Magic. So we could kind of split up the spell slots here a little Sounds bit. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will cast a fifth level Dispel Magic. Okay. I need you to roll a d20, and you're going to add your wisdom modifier. Okay. I will do that, Noah. Thank you. Because <laughs> they're so nice to each other. There's a decorum in the studio. 19. 19. You raise your hand. Why don't you describe to me what this dispel magic looks like for you? Um, Baba Reishi, for a second, you worry like she goes oh and kneels down to the ground puts her hands down on the ground kind of rests down to her knees and then you just watch her kind of like pulling like mucky black energy out of the floor like she's just like grabbing the spell and pulling it out she getting her hands really dirty tear the weave in in twain and you watch Don't as this ripple it's nasty one <laughs> rips through and where there is kind of i mean there's you don't see anything in the air there's just that warping of space as this kind of ripple of energy hits it it kind of unbends and slowly relaxes and you watch as the crystal for a moment kind of goes dim and ting 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 falls Crap, it's they're going to know the moment it falls out of the monolith. You're so smart, grab it Baba. real quick. Even quicker than Noah rolling their dice. <laughs> <laughs> I grab it. I grab it right now. We um, grab it. Rishi, you stand up seeing that it is finally dispelled. You tell Brigid to grab it. And the moment you do, you feel... <laughs> A bony hand claws through your body, each of its fingers piercing through all the way to the other side. What? As Aura of life. That's not. It's not killing anyone. It's just an attack. Um, no, we don't do that. <laughs> you can't get hurt. Can't. Aura of life. You're hurt, my grandma. <laughs> um, as you freeze in place, and Brigid, you turn to see this hulking, horrible skeletal creature, fifteen feet tall, eyes burning yellowish, as it glares down at the two of you. Life's work. You cannot leave. I need you both to roll initiative. We're just going to borrow it real quick. No, absolutely not. 16. 16. Eight. Okay, up first is actually going to be the phase claw. As it strikes you, I, don't think so. um, I disagree, no. actually. Wow, there's a lot of resistance here today in the studio. Um, right off the bat, Babarisha, you take eight piercing damage because the other eight is necrotic and currently the aura of life is protecting you. That was just a surprise round for it. So When he sticks his um, bony fingers through my shoulders, uh, I give a real hacking cough and spit dead toxic mushrooms into its face. Ooh. Sporzum! Um, I think uh, did I, I roll a con save, I want to say? Yes, one sec. Let me just pull it up real quick. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, see? It's yeah. a, it's a, a con saving throw, DC 17. Okay. That is a natural four. It is going to burn a legendary resistance and pass. Um, does it take any damage still? No, only if it fails. Only if it fails. Yes. Okay. It is just not taking. Actually, wait a minute. Hold on. I should have 
this first? Yep, okay. Um, I spit black mushrooms onto it, even though it doesn't do anything. Go, vile creature, lay yourself to rest. Your work is done here. A new generation has come to steal your tiny little stone. Never rest. Work gains. No day <laughs> off. Wow, this capitalist beast. I don't uh. understand the things he's saying. <laughs> yeah, you, you shouldn't. That's a 23 to hit you, Baba Reishi. He's talking about hustle culture. Does a 17 hit you? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it, um, this, it hits this old lady. Yeah. <laughs> Does it hit that old lady? Wow, you're hitting an old lady. That's fucking ridiculous. So rude. Oh my goodness. Well, guess what? I don't care. You came into here. You must die here. 27 halved. 13 damage. That aura. Goddamn, taking away all that necrotic. And I need you to give me a strength saving throw. Baba Reishi is not strong. What? Four. Four. You suddenly feel as, again, you like turn over your shoulder to spit in its face and it pulls out its claws, strikes it in you again, grabs you, and then as if it were like a fishing line, reels you in towards it, bringing you close to it. That is its turn. Um, let's so see. So I was just reeled in. Yeah, you were just reeled in. You are now grappled. Cool. That is going to be your turn, Babareshi. Babareshi getting dragged in by this really frightening beast goes, Oh, Brigid, wait, where, where am I? Oh, what's happening? And my confusion kind of drifts in a fog to him, and I'm going to cast confusion on him. Nice. Um, that was what I was going to do, but I already had concentration on Aura of Life. A fourth level, and he has to do a, a DC 17. Hell yes. A wisdom saving throw. Okay. Incredible. That is a natural 17 plus six. Fuck. As you begin to like stretch out this psychic confusion, you just feel... This creature is both here and not here somehow, and it its mind is wandering amongst perhaps multiple planes of existence, and so this confusion does not yet affect it. Um, that me, is your action. Now that it's my turn again, I will uh, hack spores into his face again. Okay. Con save. It fails again. It is not going to burn a legendary resistance. Okay. One damage. You know, I you know, in hindsight, I that first legendary resistance it was, was knee jerk. It was foolish. <laughs> um, just a D eight. Yeah, it occurred to me afterwards. I was like, he's just you know for the effect. He's so cool. <laughs> I don't care this time. Wow. Um, <laughs> that um, is. <laughs> let me just see if I can do anything with my bonus action. Oh nope. That is That's your me. turn. Brigid, uh, I'm too young to die. <laughs> Brigid, it is now your turn. You stand um, between I the agree, crystal Baba. and um, your new friend who is being slowly dragged back out into the hallway, it seems. I would like to cast Burning Hands. You will definitely hit your ally if you cast Burning Hands. Not if I move to get to the side of him. You want to get like an angle, like move forward so towards her, her. Pull to the side. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You rush forward, your hands now bursting with flames. You see that the flames are now blue and white hot as you kind of pull around the side, reach out and let forth this torrent of flame. Uh, they roll a deck save. That's right. Natural one, but it will burn a legendary resistance to take half damage. Beautiful flames, Brigid. Do you have to roll again? 
Uh, no, I just succeed. That's what the legendary resistance does. I don't know about that. that so seems... You used up two, though. I used two out of three. Probably, I'll tell you oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> I'll tell you there's three, and you have already burned through two. Right. And dumbass used one on a spores. Yeah, it turns out play, playing a game at 10 p.m. at night <laughs> makes you use your stupid legendary resistances on things. Uh-huh. Eight damage. Eight damage. That's nothing to me. That it is going to take that. It is now its turn. As it's pulling you in, Babarashi, you can never leave. You can never take the stone. Um. Well, what do you need it for? I actually don't remember. Does that ever happen to you? Do you even know what the stone is called? <sighs> um, and as it does that, it goes, shut up! And it raises a hand, like pulls a hand away from you and raises it up. And you see <laughs> as three skeletons appear in the room around you before you and the plain stone, which now sits on the ground. They will act on his turn. So they, as they enter, they... Rush forward, and each one of them takes an attack on Brigid. Mm-hmm. It's a natural seven. That's mm-hmm. definitely not going to hit with its bonus. That's a natural 20, and that's another natural seven. So only one of them hits. Oh, yeah. There we go. Five damage as <laughs> these, <laughs> these three skeletons rush towards you, blades drawn. You manage to easily like block one of the blades with a blast of flame. You duck under another, but the last carves into your side, barely nicking you. Um, that is their turn and his turn because he can only do that as his turn. It is now going to be Babarashi's turn. You are still grappled and this creature is pulling you into the hallway. Okay. As you see these skeletons rise up behind your ally. Grappled as you can still cast it. Correct. You basically just have no speed. As the skeleton is dragging me, uh, you see my fingernails scrabbling against the floor. My hands are slowly getting more and more gnarled until eventually my skin starts to break out of fruiting spores. And I'm going to go into my symbiotic entity using my short rest. That is going to give me an additional 44 temporary hit points. Oh, boy. We simply love to see We that. love to see the temp hit points. I'm glad you did that this round. Oh, um, Brigid, give me a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration on the aura. You only, you just beat a 10 on a con save. 13. Perfect. And then I'm going to, as a bonus action, hurl my spores onto the ground, uh, towards the skeletons. It's a 10-foot cube, so I'm hoping I could maybe like hit two of them and not hit Brigid. Yeah, I'm sure you could angle it like essentially to the back left of Brigid and hit two of the three. Okay, and so whenever a creature moves there or starts its turn there, it's going to take damage. Okay, it definitely is going to start its turn there. Great. <laughs> I love that. And uh, it would have been my action to try and get out of the grapple, right? Yes, it okay. unfortunately would be. Brigid! I believe in you. You have to get the stone. Brigid, that is actually going to be your turn. I will lay this cursed creature to rest. Can I run over to the stone and get it? Um, Not without taking an opportunity attack from the three skeletons around you. Sure, I do that. Okay. Sure, I use my legendary resistances on there. (laughs) Damn it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Immortalized in history. All right, well, one of those is going to hit, you nasty <laughs> Oh, lads. one? Just one. Careful, one of them looks like it's going to poke you a little I bit. It must be the same you. one from before, Baba. I guess I'm the most accurate. 
Um, that is going to be six damage to you as one of them manages to slice into you as you run towards the stone. Give me another constitution saving throw to maintain concentration. That's at the end of my turn. Oh, no, you just roll it when you get him. I see. What am I adding to it? Aggressive roll. <laughs> constitution saving throw. That's exactly a 10. You <laughs> hold onto the aura um, and you manage to run forward, pick up the stone, which as you grab it slowly seems to be kind of, it was dim before, but it seems to be now kind of gradually glowing brighter and brighter. It's not yet fully sustained, but it is growing back. That right. is not, you know, that is just an object interaction. You, could, you still have your action and bonus action. Right. Okay. So... I cast Flame Strike, which is a vertical column of divine fire that roars down from the heavens. Very and I want to, I think of Smite when I do this new spell that I have. Each creature in a 10-foot radius must make a dexterity saving throw. And you're targeting the skeletons? Yes. Okay. Both of them. Uh, I mean... I can if I want to, because I, I you say... Fit, I'm going to say you can fit all three with this. Oh, I forgot that there was three. Yes, with the fl- and this flame strike is it's huge. So one of them passes with a natural 20, but wow. the other two fail. As you raise your hands up and a torrent of blue flame begins to swirl around before you, almost like a tornado of fire between you and your enemies. All of these skeletons are consumed. Roll your damage. That's the stuff, pudding. So it says 46 fire damage and 46 radiant damage. Yes. The reason why they so do that it's is... It's just 46. It's not 8d6. No, it is 8d6. But the reason why they split it up is because some creatures have resistance to fire or radiant. So basically, this spell is a way of casting fireball without essentially losing all of the damage you deal to a resistance. All the d6, baby. The whole d6 ball. I was holding back on this because I thought it was only 4d6. No, it's 8d6. I'm losing it. I'm so powerful. Yes. (laughs) That was fun to do. So 18 fire damage, 15 radiant damage. And only one of those skeletons takes half. So what's 18 plus 15? I'll tell you right now, no need to do that math. <laughs> All three of these skeletons are incinerated in this blue flame. Um, nothing left but piles of bony ash on the ground. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so um, I think that what happens now, because I now have cauterizing flames, I gain the ability to turn death into magical flames that can heal or incinerate. So when a small or larger creature dies within 30 feet of me or my wildfire spirit, a harmless spectral flame springs forth in the dead creature's space and flickers there for one minute. When a creature you can see enters that space, you can use my reaction. I can use my reaction to extinguish the spectral flame there and either heal the creature or deal fire damage to it. The healing or damage equals 2d10 plus my wisdom modifier. So just absolutely as the flames extinguish, you see above where these little piles of bony ash are these swirling balls of flame that just kind of hover there awaiting your command. Essentially, These are my great balls of fire. (laughs) My spores that were primed to attack just kind of get sizzled. It smells like sauteed mushrooms. Smells delicious. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in 30 years. Oh, you came to the right place. Is Baba still grappled? Uh, yes, Baba is still grappled. I'm jump, calling jump down over from here. his fist. <laughs> it is now going to be the phase cluster turn. As you quickly eliminate its minions, it looks to you, Baba Reishi. Too many of you. Too many of you. Do your best. 
um, and teleports <gasps> um, and reappears outside of the window. Can I? Oh, fuck. Spell magic is action. And, Brigid, you just see in front of you a swirl of yellow light and smoke as the two of them disappear and then reappear outside the window about 30 feet to your right. And you look and you watch as they just begin to fall. And then it uses its reaction to teleport back in and Babarishi is left falling, falling, <gasps> falling. Oh, no. Um, that is its entire turn and wow. its reaction. Um, it lands before you, Brigid, and looks one down. That is going to be Babarishi's turn. Babarishi, unless you do something, you will fully plummet the, I'll say, I think that the ruling on falling is you fall like, it's like like a several hundred feet per round. So you will essentially hit the ground in two rounds, I'll say. Uh, um, so you have a round as you begin to descend very rapidly towards the ground. Whatever your move here is will be the move that saves you or dooms you. Because you'll okay. either hit the ground right in the next round or you will Great. succeed. Baba Ray, she goes, don't worry about me, Brigid. <sighs> and turns into a gaseous form and oh, begins nice. uh, steadily making my way back up very slowly. Very Ten slowly. Feet so slowly. Really slow. Really slow. Okay. But I don't have uh, any more wild shapes. As you're falling and you say that, you see, like, you can't help but, like, turn and look at your surroundings, the city vast around you. You see that many, many different skeletons have taken note and are phasing and, like, appearing and getting closer and closer. And just as you're about to hit the ground, you turn into a gas and begin to slowly spindle back up. And they all kind of, like, appear, like, those who made it to you appear below you and kind of look up with confusion. Really slow. Um, Brigid, it is now your turn. This creature hulking before you, 15 feet tall, probably about 15 feet away from you, looking down. I drop my aura of life because, um, oh, wait, I could, it's still on me, and he's gonna do something damaging to me, probably. Can I turn and run away from him? Yeah, you definitely can. I do that. You turn. And leave his 15 foot of reach. Wait. I thought you said he was on the other side. Other He's side. 15 feet away from you. Right. But his reach is 15 feet. Could I use a thorn whip to like go out the side? Like using it as if it were um, tied sheets together to go out of the window? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't see why not. <laughs> well, still, here's the thing. If you're look, if you're essentially like dan dan dan, like Indiana Jones lassoing yourself, is disengage an action? Disengage is an action. Okay, fuck it, fuck all of this. I cast insect plague on him. <laughs> okay, you drop the aura, and you are gonna cast insect plague on him. That's right. I don't think this is a good idea, but I want to do it. What's this? What's the spell DC? Seventeen. Con save. That is a five plus six. It will burn its last legendary resistance to pass. Okay, swarming biting locusts fill a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range. The sphere spreads around corners. The sphere remains for the duration and its area is lightly obscured. The sphere's area is difficult terrain. When the area appears, each creature in it must make a constitution saving throw. The creature takes 4d10 piercing damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. A creature must also make its saving throw when it enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn and ends its turn there you 
gathering the materials for this, um, which as I read here are a few grains of sugar, some kernels of grain, and a smear of fat, which is so cool. Um, I basically like take the snacks out of my my my, my trail mix that I had had yeah. for this long journey. Yeah. Just <laughs> scattered them at this creature, and it goes, "What? What are you doing?" As suddenly you feel the yellow stone in your hand glow bright as you cast a conjuration spell in its presence. I will now reveal to you that having cast a conjuration spell, you do not need to break your concentration on the aura because this stone seems to sustain the conjuration magic. And as these bugs begin to appear out of the air and start swarming around, he goes, what? Bugs, they're supposed to be dead. Nothing lives. What the fuck is, ah, fuck, I exterminated it was called. Why did this, it's been thousands of years. It passes its con save. I Um, thought I killed you. (laughs) How is this even possible? Um, It takes half 4d10 damage. You can still roll your d10 damages and equal to that. 13 plus 9. Yes, so that's actually going to be 22. 23, 24, because there's also a 2 here. So tw- oh, okay. 9, okay. 2 plus the first 2 that I rolled. Got it. So 24 damage, half, because it takes the half damage mm-hmm. as these these bugs are now like tearing away like the beige, like flaking skin. Ah, oh, what? Oh. Disgusting. You're right, it is disgusting. No, I can say that. You can't say that. You're about disgusting. Me. Fuck you. Get out of here. Give me my stone back. Never. Uh, no, <laughs> never ever. Then you have your movement. Are you going to are you running out the window? What do you what's your next move? Um Or are you going to stay there? Uh, I just stand there then. I'm waiting for you to I'm waiting for Baba to get back. It goes, "How dare you?" It cannot leave really the space um because Based on where you've planted it, it, ba- it is going to be surrounded in these bugs no matter what. Um, but it is still going to throw a clawed hand forward that seems to, like, appear from nowhere. Um, and is going to make an attack on you. That's only a 14 to hit. No. You duck out of the way as a second claw appears from nowhere. That is a 16 plus its bonus. That's definitely going to hit as like you duck, but then another claw kind of comes out of a portal and grabs your neck and you are pulled towards it as it yanks you through and towards you. Uh, Give me a uh, DC 14 strength saving throw. 16. 16. You save. You plant your feet and you do not move as it attempts to drag you. You do take... 10 damage as the claw pierces into you, but you manage to shrug it off as it tries to pull you in. Uh, That is its turn, basically. Give me another constitution saving throw to maintain concentration. 10. All good. It then begins to just slowly move towards you. Also make the saving throw when it enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn or ends its turn there. So it's going to end its turn there, so it has to make the con save once again. (laughs) That is a natural 7 Plus, it's con save. That's only a 13. It fails. Roll your 4d10. <laughs> Wait, it takes more damage or just stays there? Because it is a con... Because also ended its turn. And then- exactly. If it ends its turn in the space, it automatically takes another 4 That's why it's a, that's why it's a fifth level spell and not what? like... <laughs> like a second level or something. Yeah. Yo, that's sick. Yeah. This is also, as you can see here, the duration is 10 minutes. This is something that you could literally, 300 feet range, like, you could cast this in a crazy place. Keegan D10, get it in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got the highest one on that, too. 
24 again. These bugs are swarming around it. Ah, oh, God, this is awful. Why? This is why we don't have living things here. That's right. Um, that is your, that is its turn, rather. And now it's Babarishi's turn. Babarishi. Um, if someone were to stand on their tiptoes, like perhaps Brigitte and like take a little gander outside the window, you would notice that much like uh, when you tell your grandma that you're all going to get ready to go to dinner and she goes, okay, I'm going to go put my shoes on. And then 45 minutes later, you walk in to find her sitting on the bed and she's completely forgotten that you guys are going to go out to dinner. <laughs> oh, Babarishi God. is just kind of gently floating up 10 feet at a time. Like nice stonework. So you do a dash action, you move 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. The um, Masons must have done a good job. I mean, you you think that Baba Rishi is maybe not the kind of person that you wait for her to catch up, but mm, you you maybe, go get her. You go get her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, if not anyone's too, keeping not too far count, from the ground either, you are essentially, I'll say, sixty feet from the ground at this point, cool. which means that you are four hundred and forty feet away from where you need. I'm to probably be. not even moving straight up either. It's I'm gently kind of angle. going from side to side because I've gotten a little disoriented. Yeah. Um, Brigitte's probably got it up there. Brigitte is actually your turn now. What was that nice girl's name again? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so I um, I see Baba Reishi in her little gaseous form and I use Thorn Whip to kind of like whip down the side of the building. I'm going to do my best to Get down 400-something feet by swinging from a thorn whip. If you let yourself drop and then use thorn whip to kind of, as you're getting close to the ground, catch something and, like, whip around, I will allow you to essentially do this all in one turn. Even you'll if you don't crumble, you'd maybe, like, catch your just gravity like, for Exactly, Seth. like, yeah. buff myself a little bit take, from just falling straight take down. Maybe less damage, yeah. I'll do a couple if you want. Like, it doesn't have to be one. Like, a, this is a ridiculous idea, so. It is ridiculous and sick as hell. So if you're going to you, jump us out a window, you got to prepare for us to I jump gotta out the window. i got to prepare for the jump out the window. You looking towards this creature as it's, like, swatting away this swarm of flies that you have summoned, the stone glowing in your hands to Sustaining that spell, you turn and look towards the open window and run. It takes a swing on you. That is a natural one. Nice. <laughs> it can't sit there. All the buggies. Ah, <laughs> uh, go buggies, go! Leap out the window. There's a Swan moment. Dive. Swan dive. You basically time slows as you like look out over this vast city. You see a couple of skeletons from below that were looking at the gas cloud of Barbaras. You look up, point towards you. Holy shit. As you <laughs> begin to fall, then rapidly descending towards the ground, everything's flying up towards you. You conjure a almost like spectral flaming thorn whip from your hand. As you get closer to the ground, you hurl it out towards one of the buttresses nearby. Uh, give me a spell attack. Roll as if you're attacking with thorn whip. I'd love to. <laughs> Babarishi, as this, as you're floating up casually, you look up and see. Ah, just right, <laughs> right. I'm with Brigid. <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen. You easily snare around the buttress and swing around Indiana Jones style, landing on like one of the. Again, this is a multi-tiered structure. You're kind of landing on one of the lower ramparts below it. You hear far, far above you the screams of annoyance of this creature, um, Babarishi. At this point, it is your turn, essentially, and you basically see Brigid land. 
But I actually, Brigid, you get to, um, this creature actually goes before you, Babarashi. That's my bad. Um, but it is still in your cloud, I think? Well, it doesn't want to end its turn there. So <clears throat> you sense. S- suddenly see a flash of light far above you, Babarashi, and then another flash as appearing about like 60 or so feet away from you guys is the phase claw just <laughs> appearing in shadowy black smoke and yellow light, looking around and finally clocking you. It essentially had to use its full teleportation action to get all the way down here. Mm. Well, if Brigitte is about 20 feet, I could um, dash and then get onto the rampart where she is and then drop the spell. Does 100%. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Um, you Hi. easily navigate over. Dude, did you kill it? No. As oh. you're... <laughs> as you I say did that, not. You're... Should we Irish exit? <laughs> should, I, I, if, if you want to, if you think we should kill it, we can kill it. I don't know if the creature can be killed. Some beings have such a strong duty and responsibility that if their task remains undone there might not be anything you can do I see you over there (laughs) it's coming (laughs) let's let's go Brigitte it is your turn what would you like to do I want to cast polymorph on our phase beast okay Uh, it's going to roll a wisdom save what is your DC 17 wisdom you turn and see that this creature has appeared 60 or so feet away on one of the lower ramparts looking up at you. Give me back that. What do you turn it into? <laughs> As it rolled a three on its wisdom <laughs> oh save. Oh my god. You can't turn it into an inanimate <laughs> object. It has to be an animal. First time I have ever, ever successfully, successfully polymorphed. polymorphed anything. Noah thwarted a polymorph of mine the other mm. day, too. Noah thwar- has thwarted every polymorph of mine. It's not fun to lose to a polymorph, let me tell you. You're like, crap. What about just like a tarantula <laughs> or something? Yeah. Could be pretty harmless. Yeah, well, he did kill that spider before, so let's turn it into a tarantula. Oh, okay. A little of his own medicine. A little bit of his own medicine, and not small enough so I can't see him. Shrinks into, I would say, a sizable spider. I mean, it, I mean, maybe giant spider stats, but it's it's no longer it itself anymore. And as it turns into a living being, albeit temporarily, all of the undead turn their attention towards it. Bring it. That is your action. Oh my god. Um, They're gonna kill it. What would you like to oh, do? They'll people. at least take it out of the polymorph. Um, so you probably have bought yourself a little time before this creature is overwhelmed and suddenly, you know, burst from its form. If the skeletons attack it, it comes back out of being If a they reduce it to zero hit points as a giant spider, it will become a phase claw again. Okay. That is how polymorph works. But you have bought yourself not only enough time. Like, I mean, this creature can't do any of its phasing abilities like this. It is currently under another magical spell so it doesn't have any of its normal space warping abilities. Uh, I don't have any good bonus actions at this time so I think I'm gonna put Baba Reishi back on my back and we'll let's run away. Hop on! <laughs> you get lower. Uh, Baba Reishi, uh, you watch as this oh, Are we going to go down? Because we're... we're living creatures too. Uh, or we fly away? Oh, I have an idea for getting us out of here. If you're open to it. I'm open to it, Baba. Will you hold your turn for me, youngin? I'll hold my turn. That is your... You hold as soon as you pick up Baba Reishi, basically in your arms. You see this spider looking around, kind of panicked, like, what the fuck? 
All you can hear is a wisp on the wind of, I shouldn't have used my legendary resistance so early. As these creatures rush towards it, I'm going to say that a round of attacks from these skeletal creatures will be enough to reduce this creature back to its original form. So we should get out of here. Exactly. Now it is Babarishi's turn. As all these skeletons and whites and zombies swarm around what was once the face claw and is now just a giant spider, the same creature it tore to shreds, but but hours ago, um, they leap on and begin to pull its legs off. You hear screeches of pain as Babarishi, you put your arms around Brigid as she picks you up and Brigid gathers me up and I go wait 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 for me and then when she gives me a second I go Brigid do you know what the secret to flying is tell me you don't need to be a bird because my bones are already light as air <sighs> and I cast wind walk on us <laughs> oh you guys God. begin to slowly dissipate back into for you Brigid a gas um, as you begin to wisp um, and become wind wow I literally love the spell become clouds and then we have a flying speed of 300 feet what kind of clouds are we those little sh- really stretchy Serious ones. Yeah. Whoa, Just like rising up from knowledge. the fog of this place mm. and then becoming like whiter and airier as we go up. I give the spider uh, phase guy the finger. And as you do, you see a flash of light and all of the whites and skeletons are blasted back as rising from where this spider was is again the face claw. Its yellow eyes look up and follow your cloud forms as you slowly begin to fade into the fog above the city. Quickly, bitch. As you quickly, All we can do is dash, so we're going 600 feet around. <laughs> as you <laughs> shoot into again. the sky. As you guys fly into these clouds, sailing off back towards the mountains, away from the cursed city of Phazerot, you make your way towards the lush green jungles that contrast the horror you've been experiencing of late. So really, what's your next steps? Do you have like a resume or something? Because I'm trying to get out of the mushroom business. (laughs) And that's where we'll end our session. Oh my goodness. I'm like, uh, (laughs) I'm not even good at this job. (laughs) Oh man. Wow. Thank you both for, you know, I mean, thank you, Lisa, for you joining with your new character. Thanks for welcoming me. What an awesome new character. Yeah, Zola died. Yeah, Zola's dead. Um, (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. This is now now just a podcast about Bridget getting a job. Um, You uh, are the best uh, players I could ever ask for. Thank you of course to all of our listeners and our eldritch patrons thanks to our cat thanks to our cat who is currently sitting on the table um, between all of us Uh, if you would like to become an eldritch patron go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod we are jumping into the the rest of the fourth arc we are jumping into this new year I just want to say thank you for joining us for this ride. I hope you enjoyed this little side quest before returning to the main campaign. Hope you enjoy all the acting. Hope you enjoyed all the acting. Emmy. Emmy. Oscar. Give us an Emmy and an I Oscar. Eagle or nothing. I'm an eagle, eagle. Any last minute <laughs> plugs, you two? Get ready. Get excited. <laughs> Plug Get in excitement. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I know it sucks out there and everything is looking grim, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but get fucking excited and get boosted. And get boosted. Yes, we're gonna uh, we're plugging booster shots. Yeah, getting excited. The CDC actually said if you get a booster shot, uh, you can join the Patreon for free. So let us know. In New York, 
you can get $100 if you get boosted. If you haven't already, there's some places that are incentivizing it so you could get boosted, get the $100, funnel it right back into the Patreon. Become exactly. a $50 patron. Become a $100 patron. Oh. What do they get? Tell New them what they get, boosted Lisa. Boosted tier. Um, oh, you, man. Uh, get one. You get one D6 sexual favors. Five, not five so many <laughs> and with that we will close out this episode oh, you don't want to promise more sex we I think I'm okay for favorites. now well hey that's for the hundred dollar tier my friends we can't expose that now thank you once again for listening to this episode of try not to die until next time try not to die <laughs> all hail our eldritch patrons Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Alana, Emily, Jacob, James, Kate, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and producer Daddies, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Until next time, try not to die.